0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening, and today I'm talking about some companion plants that you might want to consider adding to your garden. So you might be thinking, especially if you're new to the podcast, what is a companion plant? Well, companion plants add diversity to the garden. They help to bring in and attract pollinators. They provide shelter and attract beneficial predators, like predatory wasps lacewings ladybugs or as we know them in england ladybirds right they they help to confuse pests right they help to mask their favorite snack which just happens to be your lovingly cared for veggies by you know masking them with smells or different textures right that help kind of break up the patterns that insects are looking for but they also provide shelter for a lot of these insects that we want to have in the garden right and one of the wonderful things about having companion plants in the garden is that you can really help to encourage nature to start looking after things you know in your garden themselves like nature has this wonderful way of like maintaining its own set of checks and balances you know if you have the means for predators in the garden to make themselves a home and by predators I'm meaning things like birds and predatory insects right but you know not like bears and stuff like that well i don't want any more running into bears thanks i've had enough in my life um but you know by having some of those things that are there you're going to help you know have an organic garden that's going to be a lot more kind of self-sufficient right there's a lot less that you need to be doing because nature is taking care of it for you Like normally, we as a gardener tend to have to step in if those pest numbers are really starting to get out of control. And one of the great things about companion planting is you're providing, you know, a means to bring in those beneficial insects that are in there. And another good thing for having companion plants in there, like I mentioned, was pollinators. And pollinators, you want to bring as many pollinators into your garden as possible because... What happens is when you bring pollinators in, you know, other insects start to look around, see what else is there to, you know, that I can have here. You're kind of creating this all you can eat buffet for them, which is great because if you are growing like lots of fruiting vegetables, so things that produce flowers to then produce, you know, the crops that you want to eat. So let's say squash, for example, I know I need to stop thinking about squash. I, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> like, I just, I, I, all the examples seem to be squashes. Um, I must be slightly squash obsessed or something, or squashest. Is that, is that a term? Like, there must be some sort of gardener term for people that are kind of obsessed with squashes. If you know of one, let me know. Um, but, you know, peas, beans, those kind of crops, chilies, um, tomatillos, okra, um, tomatoes, Um, Those kind of crops that are producing flowers, melons, cucumbers, oh my gosh, now I'm thinking of them, Um, you know, those things, they produce flowers and the sole, you know, reason for the, the flowers is to attract an insect that is going to visit them and then help distribute that pollen to produce seeds so they can reproduce and you know provide seeds right that's what plants want to do they grow they reproduce you know they feed us and they produce seeds so one of the wonderful things of having companion plants is if you're able to attract in different pollinators whether it is you know honeybees or bumblebees or different types of wasps um, or butterflies right or even birds in some cases um you know you're going to be able to you know have them come in they're going to know to come back and visit your garden certainly in the case of honeybees if you have a lot of flowers that are there then the honeybee worker that discovers um your garden is going to go back to the hive and tell her you know colony friends that hey you you gotta come visit this place like they've got like some real good stuff over here so that's what we're really wanting to do and the more pollinators that you can bring in the better chances you have of having your crops being pollinated and guess what more pollination means more crops for you higher yields right and you're able to you know have a a garden that is um really heavy at producing one of the best things that you know, we noticed when we started having our own bees in Utah was how much more our crops got pollinated by having bees in such a close proximity. And after kind of the first or second year that we had just moved into the property out there, we realized that when we left some carrots and things to go to seed in the garden that had been left from the previous owners, all of these bees and all of these wasps came to the garden and they weren't like you know the paper stinging wasps that people normally um you know associate with you know horrible you know stinging insects um or the winged (laughs) a-holes they're somewhat affectionately known um but sometimes having those kind of insects there you know again it's bringing in that you know natural balance and natural order they all have a role to play even those types of wasps but having this like beautiful row of all these flowering carrots like brought pretty much every pollinator to the yard and i remember my neighbor before we had the final fence put up he was kind of saying to me it's like your garden is always alive with stuff. There's always something to see. There's always birds that are in there. There's always, you know, bees, like it's just alive and full of stuff. And we always had good crops because we had all of these beautiful pollinators that were coming in and able to kind of keep things in check. Now, of course, you know, where you live is going to differ right from my garden and certainly my new garden here in Maine is going to be very different from the one that I had in Utah and one of the things that we kind of start to get an understanding of, of as a gardener is how our garden um you know plays a role in the bigger ecosystem and you know the landscape that we are in right there's a lot of different bugs and things that are going to be out here In Maine that I've never encountered before and it's going to be kind of exciting to see what comes into the garden and one of the best ways that I can do that is by planting companion plants so let's talk about five of my favorite companion plants to add to your garden and most of these work for most areas um, some of them you know that you can get might need a little bit of babying they might need a little bit of you know careful selection in where they're going to be growing um, you know to make sure that they have the right conditions so they really flourish and produce those beautiful flowers that look just lovely in a vegetable garden so let's go with number one which of course is french marigolds or also known just as marigolds french marigolds are part of the tajit family and they're very well known for um being a um, pest repellent And marigolds are really good at bringing in pollinators like bumblebees and also honeybees. They also are really good for providing shelter for predators like ladybirds or ladybugs. Um, And they also help to deter pests like aphids, which is interesting because aphids are what a ladybird or ladybug predominantly feeds on. So having marigolds growing around some veggies that are very prone and very susceptible to aphid or black fly fly. a white fly attack like your cabbages or your brassicas or your collards right those kind of coal crops are very very well sought after by um you know certain types of aphids like and i've seen it all over the place wherever i've lived in garden like they are just you know aphid magnets but having marigolds grown amongst them, in between them, if you're growing in rows, stuff like that, that really helps to kind of control the numbers. Um, And marigolds, uh, there's also some studies that are being done to see um, how well they perform at deterring soil borne pests like nematodes. So there's a lot of like upcoming research that's being done into organic gardening and organic farming um, from using some of these kind of companion planting techniques, which is kind of exciting for us as a gardener but marigolds bring a beautiful display of color right from deep oranges yellows reds burgundies that look incredibly striking against a backdrop of bright green in the vegetable garden and one of the, the key things throughout all of these certainly the flower types of companion plants um is to keep them regularly dead headed which means that you know once they've been pollinated the blooms start to f- fade they start to shrivel you want to just go through and kind of cut those off you know you can pop them into the compost pile if you're not saving them for a seed because it's kind of early in the season you want to kind of let them have like a couple of flourishes of seed of uh, flowers sorry not for seeds and the best way to do that is to deadhead, and you know, again, you're just kind of going through, and you know, you can take them off with a pair of secateurs, or hand pruners, or even scissors for some things, and that's going to help them produce new flower buds, and have them, you know, flower again for you. Um, One of the things that I am really sad to say, like I really used to enjoy deadheading um, my mum's hanging baskets back in England, like she always had these beautiful hanging baskets that just had this gorgeous cascade of petunias or trailing lobelia and they just looked absolutely wonderful and um oh i could actually do hanging baskets this this season Oh, that's a good thought. I couldn't do them in Utah because they dried out so incredibly quickly. Um, after a couple of years of me trying to do it, I just kind of figured this wasn't the climate. But um, it's a lot more um, humid here on the East Coast. So I could definitely look at doing hanging baskets again. Anyway, I used to really enjoy kind of going through and deadheading them all. And, you know, getting rid of all those spent blooms, putting them in the compost pile. Because, you know, a few days later they would be, you know, flush with more flowers again which was always lovely and of course you know that brings in all the beneficial pollinators again my number two companion plant uh, which might be a little surprising because it's not um you know something that's Edible or anything like that, and neither are marigolds, really. Um, but zinnias are something that I just I love to grow in my garden. I always think that they are truly beautiful. Um, and if you're looking to bring in the butterflies and the bees, then you really can't go wrong with planting zinnias. And they come in such a gorgeous array of colours and also like the types of flowers. So you have these very simple flowers that look kind of almost like a daisy or a cosmos through to these beautiful double petal types that look Look like dahlias or dahlias i guess depending on where you are and how you pronounce it um, i typically find that pollinators visit the simple flowered varieties more than the double petal fancier types and that's the same for roses um i always see that you see way more pollinators visiting those simple kind of japanese or rugosa roses um than the beautiful you know heavily scented you know double frilly um hybrid tea roses right simpler always seems to be the better when it comes to attracting pollinators into your garden again if you want to keep them blooming you want to keep deadheading them to encourage new flowers to form throughout that growing season Uh, my number three is sweet alyssum um or elysium as we keep calling it like which isn't isn't right (laughs) <laughs> That's what me and my husband call it, um. But this is a low-growing annual flower, and it provides these beautiful masses like of honey-scented tiny flowers. It's almost like a, this gorgeous carpet. And I've grown this in kind of like a um an orchard permaculture guild type of fashion, where I've had sweet alyssum just growing all the way in like swathes underneath the orchard and it just again it's a beautiful way to bring in the pollinators what wasn't so great is it was a popular place where the dogs like to run through um so of course they would always be disturbing like honeybees and stuff that were there you know gathering nectar and stuff so you know i wouldn't necessarily plant um sweet alyssum somewhere where you know is going to be getting like a lot of foot traffic particularly but if it's something that you want to have kind of in a border somewhere towards you know a corner it's done well in kind of dappled shade um full sun and um kind of that semi-sunny positioning it grows really well and again it's one of those like low growing crop like plants um that is just really good at kind of pushing out the weeds as well as encouraging um pollinators to it um i think that if it is grown near plants that you want pollinators to visit so let's say that you know you've had some troubles growing cucumbers and it's had masses of flowers on them but it's never set fruit then pollination could be the problem so maybe try growing sweet alyssum near cucumbers or squashes that are growing up a trellis right and kind of having them at the front um you know covering around the base but also you could try growing it next to eggplant or peppers or okra things that are going to want you to attract pollinators to them so they kind of see oh hey what's what's this while i'm here this looks interesting um so that's a good tip for you there number four is sunflowers oh my goodness i love sunflowers grow these towards the back of a garden bed so they don't shade out plants growing behind them Um, sunflowers grow tall if you didn't know um and they are a beeline for so many pollinators and birds. Um, the sunflowers in late summer and fall always would attract birds to the garden and um, which would then help out with the cricket and grasshopper uh, that w- issue that happened where I lived in Utah every late summer. So I always grew um sunflowers to help bring the birds in to help reduce the the cricket numbers when i didn't have chickens anymore um i love to grow a variety of sunflowers in the garden there's just something about seeing the the beautiful flowers against a brilliant blue sky in summer that just brings joy to my soul and sunflowers are just such a great like plant to start with for kids too because the seeds are pretty big they're easy to plant and you know they're kind of fun for kids to grow and you know you can do like little competitions and games to see like who can grow the biggest sunflower or the prettiest sunflower the tallest sunflower right the biggest head sunflower there's just so many things that you can do there and then of course you know the fun doesn't stop there you know you can try saving seeds with them or you can make them into a bird feeder that you can then hang like whether it's in a chicken coop or out for the birds naturally right there's just there's a lot of things that you can do with sunflowers which is really pretty fun um although I will say that every year that I've grown sunflowers I've always found volunteer sunflowers that are growing over you know the next years after that which is kind of nice and I sometimes let them just grow there anyway because it's nice to see them But sunflowers are one of my favourite companion plants to be growing. And of course, the other thing with sunflowers is that they make a really good trellis for things like climbing beans. Um, So, you know, you can use that kind of three sisters method of growing, whereas, you know, it traditionally would be corn, beans and a squash. Um, You could also opt in, you know, sunflowers rather than corn. Um, and that's also like a a pretty good um, companion or polyculture gardening method to try because your beans again they're providing the nitrogen that is then helping your sunflowers to keep growing and growing tall and then you can have a squash or cucumbers or something like that growing on the bottom which are providing shade and helping retain moisture in the soil so that's that's one for that's kind of an easy one to try if you're wanting to look at doing kind of a a companion planting on a slightly larger scale and you want to see how you can make things um have things that are a bit more edible in the garden with your flowers that might be a good one for you to try and my last one for today's episode there's so many different companion plants um, that are there but my, my last one is fennel like the herb fennel not the bulbing form um, which I do love um, but more like a bronze fennel which is one of those plants that can come back year after year it's, it's a perennial um, if you live in a mild climate area um, my parents parents had one that grew in the front garden for, oh my gosh, donkey's ears, so long. Um, It's, you know, prefers those Mediterranean type of conditions, um, but it does grow very well. And it brings in not only bees and hoverflies, which are, you know, a type of um, predator hoverflies. They look kind of like a wasp, but they're not. Um... But they also are good for attracting lace wings, ladybirds, ladybugs, um, and also the elusive praying mantis, which can find shelter basically in, in the canes of a fennel plant. So praying mantis is like kind of tall, grassy kind of things, and um, fennel fits the bill really well, and of course you can use you know the fennel after the plants have you know pollinated you can take the seeds and use the fennel seeds you can use the fennel fronds in cooking right it's it's a pretty versatile plant um you know you can even take the the larger fronds that form on fennel and kind of cut them back to canes and you can use you know the canes and making things with fish or you know with anything else that you kind of like to have um that fennel anise flavor with so fennel's kind of like one of those underrated um herbs but when it comes to being a companion plant it is very much a you know one of those plants that it is Great to have in there because it brings in so many beneficial insects into the area So if you've got room for it, definitely consider putting in um, Something like bronze fennel it can get pretty tall um, So it's one that might do better in a separate area or to the back of the border And then again, if you live in a mild climate area, then be prepared for it to be coming back year after year But let me know in over in the Facebook group. What are your favorite companion plants are? what do you like to grow in your garden and what have you seen it attract in terms of uh, beneficial insects i would love to know so head on over to the facebook group there are questions to get into the facebook group and my team only let you in if you answer all of them um just to keep down on having like weird you know random requests come through through Facebook or whatnot so if you want in on the group make sure you answer the questions and until next time have a wonderful week I hope your garden grows beautifully and I will see you all next week